quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of controlled parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connected parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I have a guest on today who has been so gracious to share her experience with us and her name is Rivki and welcome to the show Rivki. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It is so exciting. Why don't you tell us, we want to know all about your experience with peace and parenting and with connective parenting and what you've learned and where you've found solace and what things have been hard and just tell us everything. Okay. Okay. I live in New York and I have seven children. I resonated so much when I first encountered your account where you call yourself a reformed yeller. And I was like, oh, that's me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that was the line that made me realize like, I got to follow this account. (laughs) Yes. Reformed yeller. That's the best. And I'm still, I'm reforming still. Yeah. I was going to say it's far from perfect. Even just a half hour ago, you wouldn't know that I was a reformed yeller. But the truth is that I really am so grateful because I find myself now at a point in my parenting that I honestly never would have dreamed possible. And I am so grateful. It's insane. It's miraculous. It's a journey. Yeah. Where did you start? How long ago did you start making changes? And what was the first thing? I was struggling from early on and I knew I didn't want to be that harsh yeller. I didn't want to do that, but I just didn't have enough tools and support. For many years, I was kind of searching, Mm -hmm. I would say, but not really able to make it practical so much. And I feel like in the last, when I was suddenly different people came into my life and 
resources and Instagram. That was in the last year or two, probably even just the last year. And just so much support and tools and resources and obviously doing my own personal healing work was so crucial. Like I can't get to this point without that. I didn't realize that the problem was not my children. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You're I telling know. me that it's me? No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. They are the problem. And when I finally realized that, I had to change because once you have that realization, you can't go back and you got to go forward and you have to admit, like, I have to change my ways. I cannot yell through this child rearing experience. You think you started like a couple of years ago, seriously working on. I would say it's been about two and a half years of the changes starting to become practical. What's been most impactful? What's been the biggest light bulb moment? What's so interesting, I think one of the biggest things was learning that more than anything else, our kids need our presence and our care. And I'm still working on that one because I still get very carried away with thinking that I have to respond to every request. In other words, give everything and make them feel better. And then I just keep reminding myself, no, 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 no. They don't need that. They need me. Yes. Me with my presence. And I just want to say it has impacted me personally as well. When I'm present with my child, every single time I walk away feeling like a little bit more healed within, like a little bit like this deep sense of peace for myself. Yeah, that's so good. That's like healing yourself by doing the work and doing good deeds. Incredible. What positive changes have you seen like in your kids and in yourself? Where for myself, like I said, before, like learning to be still, to be able to make that pause, to be able to slowly, I'm learning how to make that pause where someone's doing something, I'm feeling that boiling, welling up within myself. And I'm able to like slow down my response enough that I'm able to come at it from a different perspective. That's a positive change for myself. Also being able to really feel for my child. I don't feel like earlier on, I knew how to feel for them. Yes. That's me. I agree. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. They'll say, what do you mean? I have empathy. They'll just do it like a robot. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You aren't feeling well. (laughs) I think that's how I was too. I was like, just going to say the words. And if I say the words, it'll mean something eventually. Right. Because I didn't add about how they were feeling. I think it's sometimes easy to get sidetracked by the scripts, but we need the feeling behind the script. If we don't have that feeling behind the script, it's kind of like... Uh... They can tell right away. Oh, yeah. I tell clients, like, if you do nothing, just be quiet. You know, like, if you're quiet and present, it's better than saying something that doesn't sound quite right. They are so good at catching you on it. And, you know, you say a line and they're like, no, you don't. And you're Actually, right, you know? you're right. I don't. And you got me. That's a really good one, too. What's been the biggest challenge you think? Oh, I wanted to tell you also about my kids. I think what I really love to see is how transparent and honest they are about themselves. In other words, owning up if they did something that wasn't so ideal. I just think that's fantastic. Um, I mean, because they're not scared of getting in trouble. Yeah. That's incredible. That is taking responsibility for your actions. I think it means they feel safe. They're able to be authentic. That's so important to me. And then I also want to say that in some ways I could say I don't see positive changes, so to speak, because they're kids. I don't think I'm going to see the changes now 
that's something that's going to come later down the line. Although we get to see these little like snippets of it along the way. I love when you share stories about your daughter's because I'm like, oh God, that's what could happen. That's amazing. It is, it is. And now I think for me, because I've been in it so long, because I think I was at this point where I'm like, geez, I see snippets. I see little openings. I'm hoping that this is going to work. I'm just going to stay at it because I don't know what else to do. But now having the older kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, this. And you have, your girls are teenagers. Yeah, 15 and 12. I mean, that's like the time where people are really beginning to struggle. And what I'm hearing from your stories is we're smooth sailing. Don't tell anybody because they'll kill me. (laughs) I know. We are smooth sailing over here. I feel like I'm on autopilot. I almost feel bad that I'm on. I mean, granted, we have our days where things get down and dirty, but I don't know that I care so much anymore. It, It doesn't phase me. Because I know it's just part of life. Okay, what else do you want to share with us? Anything? I want to get to some other stuff, unless there's something else that you think. Oh, yeah. You were asking me about what was most challenging. Yeah, what was most challenging, exactly. So for me, the thing that's most challenging right now, the biggest trigger for me is when the kids fight or hurt each other's feelings. Yeah. Guess what? I am making a sibling course right now. Because so many people have said, we don't have any sibling fighting anymore in our house, which is brand new this year, no sibling fighting during COVID. I know it's connection and I know For how sure. I got there. And so I want to help people get there. Because yeah. Oh, great. Okay. can get there. That is humongous. Yes, it is. And I know it really does boil down to the connection, but I can't seem to get out of the, it's like you take one step forward. I try to reach out, make a connection, but then that fight erupts or someone's teasing and then I'm two steps backwards. Yeah. That's the way you feel sometimes. So yeah, that's my hardest. um, Yeah. It's hard to watch your babies hurt each other and we get real defensive mama bear and we're going to take down the perpetrator and that is it. They are going to pay. Right. And then I'm telling myself that this is also my child. I'm looking forward to your course. Okay. Yay. Good. I'm so glad. (laughs) And what things have been most helpful? What pieces of advice and techniques or what things have been most helpful? This is like, if I had to choose one thing from everything that I've learned from you specifically is how to sit with our child through discomfort that opened up a whole new world. Right. So my children range in age from 13 to 10 months and I apply it to all ages Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. Let's say my 12 year old son, it looks so different in an older child. You don't always recognize it as a tantrum. Yeah. So everyone's talking about tantrums like with the little ones. Mm-hmm. And so with the older kids, you don't realize when they're arguing with you to try to get what they wanted that you're saying no to, that's also a tantrum. Totally. They're not kicking and screaming. They're calling you names. They're arguing. And you guided me. I asked you, we discussed this on Instagram a little bit. And you like, you just sit there. You're just quiet. You're just quiet. And that was like the magical key, I would say. Because when I'll get quiet with my child, it's like, I almost have this formula in my mind where I remind myself, I have to like turn all the dials down, (laughs) like all my dials down, slow myself down. I'll even make sure to put my phone away because if I have my phone, that's not really being with them. And then I'm just like there and I'm listening and I'm just listening and I'm nodding my head. Occasionally I'll reach out and see if they're comfortable with a little bit of physical contact and put my hand on them. They will be very clear with me if they want it or not. If they push my hand off, I know, okay, try again in a little bit. 
You are so um, good. Oh my goodness. Oh, just, You're doing so, it. So I'm so passionate about it, about this. I'm planning on sharing it with people in my community. I'm turning it into my own little course about with all the different things I've learned about tantrums, how yeah. to just be with our children. I mean, with my two-year-old, he had a tantrum and I was kind of like busy with something. And I'm like subconsciously thinking like, if I just ignore it, it'll go away. If I just ignore that. And then I reminded myself, no, no, stop. He needs you. So I climbed, he was in his crib, climbed in with him, just Aww. sat there. And like within a minute, he calmed down. It's not always so fast, but it's just really powerful. Are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening? Do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children? Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. It is a healing process. Crying and tantruming and having your feelings is actually emotionally healing. And kids know that that's what heals them. And so that's why they go there. And we've just been taught in our society, ignore it, make it go away, get it to stop. And it's so counterintuitive Mm -hmm. to be there but it's so easy. It really is so much easier to be there for your child. Yeah. Did you take my course, Understanding Big Emotions? I didn't take that one. I took a different one. Yelling one? No. Is there another one? Um, Yeah. Guide to Cooperation. I think that one. Yeah. That was Guide to Cooperation. And that one has the listening to feelings in it. The Understanding Big Emotions is all just how to listen to feelings though. Amazing. The entire course. I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. Put it on your list. That one's really good. And it's a whole hour long of how to listen to feelings. Kind of the way I understand it now is like, I feel like they need to offload all that emotion and they need a place where it's going to get absorbed. I think people could misconstrue that and think that we're taking on our child's emotions. And I don't mean that. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that we're taking it on. I don't mean we're taking responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. We're just being that place, just like hold all of that for them. And then it's like the steam goes out. But as long as like I'm engaging in the argument or kind of like in that fight mode, then I'm not able to absorb. It's like, there's this wall in front of me. And so that's why when I slow myself down and I just like get present, I'm opening up a space and you see it like you see it happen. Yeah. It's so amazing. And then they're so much happier afterward. It's a different world. Yeah. They're totally calm. And you're like, wait, where's this hysterical child? What happened? They've reset themselves. I remember the first time I did it for Pia, she would not leave my side. I mean, the kid was like, she would not literally stop touching me. And I was thinking, what happened? And it was just like, she felt seen and heard and understood for the first time in her poor little life because I had punished her and threatened her so much. And she was so endeared to me. She wanted to be just like on top of It's like almost at the point where I'm able to remind myself like, wait, tantrum incoming, welcome it. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome it. Bring it on. 
What about your home? How does it feel now compared to, let's say, how it felt before you started all this stuff? Oh, I, like I said in the beginning, I just, I'm in a place that I never dreamed I could be. And you have seven kids. That yeah. is a big undertaking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because some people will say, I can't do connective parenting with two kids. I'm going to tell them, well, you better talk to my friend, Rivki, because she does it with seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, since it's the work that we're doing with ourselves, so it doesn't matter if it's one child right. or seven. And do you do special time? You know, that was something that I really know I need to do. And I think that's going to help with the fighting also. I think so too. But I was just thinking like, you cannot possibly do everyday special time. So that's something that I needed to like sit down with my husband and like, we have to carve out a time for it because he needs to be taking care of the other kids when I'm doing the special time. And maybe it doesn't look like it does in other families. Maybe it's only a couple days a week. But even if it were better than nothing, that's exactly right. And I think you're right on point that it is really going to help with the sibling fights because the more connected they are to you, the more connected they can be with each other. I definitely see that either I would do it less times during the week or maybe for not 20 minutes, maybe 15, you know, I would do 10 minutes twice a week. Right. And exactly. that's it. That would be a world of a difference. Or try 10 minutes once a week. One kid every day. Yeah, that's true. That's actually perfect. You do one kid <laughs> for 10 minutes every day. That's yeah. doable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really good. What else? Is there anything else you want to share with us? Is there any anecdote or any? Is there anything you want to share? Because I have another question. I don't know. I'll hear your question. Okay, Maybe yeah. Something will come to my mind. What? piece of advice would you give to anyone who's just starting out in all this and thinking, I can't do this. There's no way this is impossible. I cannot do this. What would you say to them? So I would say that if I could do it, then you can do, because I never thought that I could be where I am now. And I would say like, it's not that you can't do this. You really want to do this. It's just, oh gosh, I can't even put into words. (laughs) I can't put into words. I would like people to know that the work starts with us. We were saying in the beginning, like where you kept on thinking it's the kids. Mm-hmm. Same here. I remember at one point I was journaling about that many years ago and I was like, gosh, wait a second. I get the sense that I'm going in circles. And I'm not getting anywhere. And it started to dawn on me. And I was like, wait a second, maybe that's because I'm trying to change them. So I'm going to keep going around the circles and hitting the same problems. And so I said, maybe this isn't about them. Maybe this is about me. That was huge. So, but as long as like we keep on chasing those elusive quick fixes yeah, to try to change our child, we're going to keep bumping into those problems. It's not worth it. The truth is that in some ways I sometimes feel like I am bumping into the same problem still now, but I realize it's not really the same. Someone told me like, it's like going in an upward spiral. We are coming back to the same places again, but we're on a different level each time. Whereas in the past, it was like literally like a hamster on a wheel. I was not getting anywhere. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think that each of those problems become less poignant, I guess, in your life. Because you're like, these are children. Of course, they're going to have sibling fights. Of course, they're going to. We're more accepting of the behaviors and they don't rattle us so much. Exactly. And also, once you experience little bits and pieces of gentle parenting, I feel like you have to experience it and then you know you can do it again. Yeah. And also, you know how good it was. So it keeps you motivated to try for that again. Yeah. Your neural pathways start to form in new places. Literally. And, and literally. You, I tell people, I was like, this is like a drug for me. 
I feel like I'm on drugs when I do this right. (laughs) Some sort of oxytocin or something is released in my body and I feel euphoric. I really do. Like after tantrums, I used to feel like euphoric, like I don't know what it Same. was, but is that okay? Good. I'm glad you said oh that. Oh my because- gosh. So like a champion, like you just won a war and you did, yes. but like in such an awesome way with your child. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. we went to war together and we won. Yeah. And we so won. Exactly. We bonding. Won. It's so bonding. Rivki. I'm so glad you came on. I am so like, I'm hearing your story and with all the multiple children you have and still doing all this incredible work. You are a super mom. Thank you. It was so nice to be here. And yeah, this was so much fun. (laughs) It really is. Okay. One last question and then I'll let you go. What about people who say, no, this can't work. I'm going to have kids that run amok and are rude and obnoxious if I don't give them punishments and if I don't give them timeouts. And what do you say to all that? I say that I tried all the other approaches and they don't work. I could tell you it's a, it don't even bother. Yes. <laughs> it, it's interesting because I'm going to quote something actually from the Bible. Moses, his father-in-law in English, I think it's called Jethro. And his father-in-law was someone who had gone around to different religions and had tried all the religions. Then he chose one and he stuck with that. And he was like, listen, I tried everything. And so you can kind of like, trust me. So sometimes I think about that. I'm like, listen, I tried all those, all those <laughs> terrible parenting methods. Don't even bother. And even and, if they're uh, working, they might not be work. It's not working. Trust no. me. It doesn't work. And again, that's where we have to define work. What does work mean? Do you want that kind of working? No. You really yeah. Don't. Do you just want obedient so, animals? And What's that going to look like in the future? Yeah. And how will they interact in our world? Will they just be obedient adults and not stand up for themselves? We don't want that either. All right. Well, thank you so, so very much for joining me. I so very much appreciate it. And I love your insights and your calm demeanor with seven kids. I might be pulling my hair out. You're like so calm zen and agreeable (laughs) and amazing. I love it. (laughs) Well, that's because I'm here now. You know, you should come to come to my house at bedtime. They're all asleep, but I like it. <laughs> that's why you're like, I got to do this after they're asleep. And now I know why. Right. No, they're not all asleep, but I'm on a different floor. And <laughs> good. So, yeah. Good. Anyways, okay, good. thank you well, so much. Yeah. And this was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. And we will see you guys next time.